Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to a final edition of Maction for the Season, a bowl recap here on the Believe Sports Network. I am your host, former Northern Illinois Husky, Mark Scafidi, <clears throat> and we had a very impressive bowl season, not wins and losses, but an unexpected game, uh, thanks to bowl cancellations, lets the MAC play on New Year's Eve on CBS in the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. So a weird, if you weren't following the process as it led up to uh, Central Michigan moving from the Arizona Barstool Sports Bowl, which might be the worst bowl game because it's on some weird, it's really hard to watch, <clears throat> and that's in Tucson, Arizona. So Central Michigan was originally scheduled to play there against Boise State. Um, Boise State, COVID problems, couldn't play. Washington State was playing in the Sun Bowl, which is in El Paso, El Paso, Texas, which is about four hours away from Tucson, Arizona. The University of Miami, Florida, had COVID issues and had to cancel, had to back out of that game. So in a weird scenario, both teams had no one to play. The games are the two teams were four hours apart. Washington State, the better bowl game was the Sun Bowl because it's on CBS. It's a nationally televised game. Um, it normally draws a big crowd um, in El Paso. It's a much higher profile game than the Arizona Bowl. So Central Michigan worked it out to leave the Arizona Bowl and ended up in a much higher profile, much better payout. Uh, Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl in El Paso against a Power 5 team. So right off the bat, you're playing a much higher profile game, a much better team in terms of you know, their standings in the college football world. Uh, Central Michigan trained in um, Tucson. They were already in Tucson when the game was canceled. So they stayed in Tucson until the night before the game, uh, drove to El Paso, which is about four hours, so it's not terribly far. Uh, El Paso is right on the border of Mexico and New Mexico and Texas. So it it's intersects all three of them. So it's not terribly far away from southern Arizona. And I think everybody was happy that there was a game. I was thrilled that someone from the MAC was getting a chance to prove themselves against a Power 5 team. Now, granted, not a great Power 5 team, but Washington State's still in the Pac-12. So Central Michigan had a... They really had the only statement game for the entire conference. Um, and they weren't going to have it, so it just kind of fell into their lap. And the first quarter, if you hadn't watched, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, Central Michigan came out blazing. It was 13 to nothing. And it, it was like, holy cow, the Chippewas are here to prove it. And play, they did. Um, they had 13 in the first. They had eight unanswered in the second quarter. So you go into halftime, and you're like, wow, looks like we're going to roll here to an easy victory. Washington State... I don't know if they were just taking the game lightly, if they didn't really want to play in the first half. It was kind of like, whoa, you know, we're getting smacked in the face by a MAC team. Uh, they went into halftime, you know, beaten, really. I mean, they were really just getting manhandled by the chips. And But they came out in the second half, and they surged 14 unanswered points. Um, Central Michigan was not able to score a touchdown in the second half, but they did get a field goal. And that's all they needed because Washington State, Washington State scored 21 points. Central Michigan held on by their fingertips 
to a 24-21 victory over the Cougs of Washington State. Uh, Lou Nichols III, he had 30 carries. That's a lot of carries. 138 yards, one touchdown. Daniel Richardson, the quarterback. I mean, you led your team to a victory against a Power 5 team in a major bowl game. Um, it was He went for 209 yards, one touchdown. Uh, it, it was domination in the first half. Now, the second half did not go bad at all. But luckily, they held on for the victory and came away with the biggest win um, I probably a Mac Bowl team has had in, gosh, I think maybe, I mean, ever? I don't know. I mean, we, the, my NIU played in the Orange Bowl. Western Michigan's played in the Cotton Bowl, but they didn't win either of those games. So I'm thinking this might be one of the biggest wins in Mac Bowl game history over a Power 5 team on, at a major bowl game, Sun Bowl. Uh, either way, it was great exposure for the Mac, great exposure for Central Michigan. I congratulate them. They had a tough situation. They went from one team one week, play, you know, we're going to play one team, and then a few days later, you got a brand new team to play in a new state uh, in a much higher profile game. So tons of credit to Central Michigan. They, they got the W, and that's really all that mattered. Um, they finished the bowl season on a huge high for the MAC. Uh, it didn't start out very good. Uh, we will go through uh, the opening day. Friday, it was December 17th. Um, NIU at Coastal Carolina. This one, um, Coastal Carolina pulled it out, but there was a controversial call at the end of the game. NIU was going in for a touchdown, and there was a clock mismanagement by the officiating crew. And not that it, you know, it it changed the game. It did. It, it was a major call in the game. I don't want to do the whole game because it, the one call at the very end of the game, the last play of the game, kind of was a mistake. They should have ruled him out of bounds. And I should have had one more play, but they ruled him inbounds and the clock expired and the game kind of came to a whimpering end. Um, the Mac commissioner uh, came out with a statement a couple days later saying that the game was, it was incorrect. They were, the officiating crew should have uh, done a better job, which they should have. If you watched the game, you would have seen that it was a weird ending. It, it you know, it happens. Um, the play, pro the NIU should have had one more chance to score, and they dri driven down the field in the final, you know, two minutes or whatever, whatever they had left. It uh, doesn't mean they were going to score in the next play. There's no guarantee that they would have scored and won the game, but they should have had one more play to try. Now the play call was, you know, going to the final play of the game. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense why you're not trying to throw in the end zone because the game, you know, the clock is running out, but. Uh, Whatever, it was a weird play to end the game. Um, NIU lost. Uh, Coastal Carolina, give them credit, they won. They came back and they got the victory. Um, NIU's bowl struggles continue, um, but it does look like a promising future for the Huskies. And uh, there was another game that day, Middle Tennessee State in Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl. Middle Tennessee kind of had this one. Um, in the fourth quarter, they kind of uh, dominated. So they had 17 points in the fourth quarter to beat Toledo, who... Uh, I don't know. It, it was kind of disappointing the way Toledo ended the season. So they started out the MAC 0 and 2. Uh, the Bahamas Bowl, you know, it was a pretty background. A pretty everything was nice, other than Toledo fell short. Um, but the Blue Raiders kind of dominated the fourth quarter, so that kind of sealed the fate. Sealed the fate for the Rockets there. Uh, the next day, Eastern Michigan. Um, this one didn't go well at all. They got hammered by Liberty, 56 to 20. 
this was in the lending tree bowl, <clears throat> not competitive at all. Um, going into halftime, uh, it was 30, uh, 33 to 10. So Eastern Michigan did not um, play very well against Liberty, the Flames. Um, in the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Kent State and Wyoming. Um, again, this one didn't uh, didn't didn't go the Mac way. Wyoming, uh, fifty-two, Kent State, thirty-eight. Um, so, if you're just going by the first couple bowl games, you know, the first four, it was zero and four. So, it wasn't going very well at all for the Mac. Uh, I was, you know, thinking, man, some of these games aren't even close. The one that was close didn't go our way. Um, it definitely didn't look good for MAC teams going into uh, the final stretch of bowl games. But then there was the extra bowl game, North Texas versus Miami. Um, it was the Frisco Classic, which was the bonus bowl game that the bowl committee's NCAA bowl committee thing kind of put together. So the MAC was able to break through the win column here by beating North Texas 27 14 Miami hit a you know at that point it was like wow any team anybody winning a game would have been great so glad the Red Hawks got that one done in the extra bowl game that was December 23rd um in Christmas Day Georgia State 51 Ball State 20 in the Camellia Bowl another another this one I watched this one this one was not close at all this one was complete domination by Georgia State uh, Ball State struggled, um, only had 13 at the half. Georgia State, third quarter, just kind of took it over. They had 28 points um, in the third quarter and just kind of ran away with it at that point. So the fourth quarter was kind of garbage time. So uh, that was that one was disappointing because Ball State, I thought, had a much better shot at beating Georgia State. But they that third quarter really sealed the Cardinal fate. Uh, the Quick Lane Bowl. The one I did predict a MAC victory because of the location of the game, Detroit, who was playing in it, Western Michigan. They would have had a larger fan base. Nevada, not thrilled about going to Detroit for a bowl game because it's far away. Their fans weren't going to go. They did not go for the most part, other than, other than their families. Um, nobody from Reno or Las Vegas or anywhere in Nevada is going to be like, oh, let's all go to Detroit, Michigan for a bowl game. Um, that wasn't going to be the case. Uh, they came out flat. Western Michigan came out like they were ready to go. They wanted it. They were prepared. They were excited to be there. So this was the game I always kind of anticipated that the MAC would get because of the location and Nevada just being like, eh, a bowl game in Detroit, Michigan. Eh, we'll go, but we're not that excited about it. And the, the Detroit Bowl has always had that kind of problem that if it's some of the Power Five schools that used to go, nobody's excited about going to Detroit when you had a chance to go to Miami or Texas or California or Florida, Tampa. It's you know it it's not something people get excited about. Um, so I kind of thought Nevada would would be flat in this game, and they were. Um, great performance by Western Michigan. They did what they needed to do. Uh, it was basically a home game for them. So congratulations to the Broncos for finishing out the season strong. And then that brought us back to the magical game of Central Michigan versus Washington State. I, I, it's the biggest, biggest game by far of the bowl season because of who they beat. Uh, beating a Power 5 team does not happen that often for a MAC team in a bowl game. 
beating a New Year's Eve on a national TV game, like a, a known bowl game like that, it doesn't happen that often. So I, I definitely am super proud and super happy for Central Michigan for carrying the MAC flag and getting the biggest, I, I, from what I remember, this is one of the biggest bowl wins in MAC history. So all props to uh, the MAC for finally getting one of those breakthrough wins on, you know, an amazing bowl game um, in El Paso. Now, next season should be good. Uh, the season, I mean, the Saturday that things kick off are um, September 3rd. Uh, so it's we've got nine months, you know, roughly eight, eight full months, I should say. Uh, there'll probably be a few games before that. Um, definitely going to work on getting some off-season interviews to keep the, you know, while, while people have more time now. Um, I know of some people specifically who have more time, so we're going to try to get them on just to talk about off-season, just the season, how it went. Uh, during the season, it was much harder to land people, but now that there's the off-season before spring ball, uh, we will definitely keep working on that. Uh, Mac basketball. So again, Mac is a, uh, I'll give you the, the rundown here of where the conference is at this very moment. Um, if there's anybody who has a legitimate shot at a at-large bid, it's the Ohio Bobcats. I, the MAC is a one-bid league, so there's no real reason to talk about MAC basketball week after week because none of the records ultimately matter um, unless somebody can get in to the top RPI. And I don't know what Ohio's RPI is. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick. They are 11 and two, so. They have the only one in a legitimate shot um, at this point, record-wise. Now, playing MAC schools um, for the rest of the season <clears throat> isn't going to help them. You know, be beefing up your record against non-NCAA tournament teams isn't really helping. So I'm looking at their their wins here, and they don't have any signature wins. Um, they played Kentucky and lost. They they played Belmont, Cleveland State, uh, Robert Moore. I mean, they don't have, they lost to LSU. So looking at their record, record now, <clears throat> I would tend to say they don't have any legitimate shot at a at-large bid based on where they are in the, based on who they've, who they've played. But their record is good. So they're probably going to get to 20 wins, but I don't think that's going to anywhere near translate to an at-large bid. Everybody else in the conference at this point, <clears throat> there's seven, eight weeks to go in the basketball season. Nobody has any chance right now of getting an at-large bid. The next best team is Toledo at 10 and four. That isn't gonna get you an at-large bid in the MAC. Um, Akron's eight and four, no chance. Miami seven and five, Eastern six and six, Kent State seven and six. Um, NIU had that great win opening week against uh, Washington. And uh, they're three and seven now, so that didn't translate to anything. Um, it's tough because out of all the MAC basketball schools, there's only going to be one team in the NCAA tournament. 
So their record doesn't matter, honestly. It really, whatever their regular season records are, it doesn't make any difference. The winner of the conference championship is going to go to the NCAA tournament. So to come in, to give you guys a rundown of how the basketball season is going, it doesn't matter. It just, it's about seeding for the MAC tournament, and whoever wins the MAC tournament goes to the dance. So it's, there's not a whole lot of reason to just keep, you know, to, to go week by week and give you MAC basketball stuff because none of these games really make any difference. It's, that's the, when you're in a one-bid league, that unfortunately is the bottom line. Your games don't matter up until the conference tournament. And then it's a one-win-or-go-home scenario, and the winner of that tournament goes to the dance. Everybody else goes home unless you can get into one of the other tournaments. But um, right now, I, I don't know. I have no idea who's going to win the MAC basketball tournament. So record-wise, you'd say Ohio. But it's do or die. You know, if, they, if they don't lose another game the whole year, they're still going to be in the same boat. If they don't win the MAC tournament, they're not going to get into the dance, uh, which is sad because you know, some years the MAC could get two teams in. I well, record-wise, they they have teams that are good enough to get two teams in. But reality is, they're not going to get two teams in anytime soon. With um, the conference, most of the conference is sitting 500 or below. So it's it's not a great um, record going into the MAC season. These records are going to get better because they're playing each other. So you're going to get teams that are, are are above 500, but Going into the conference tournament, these most of these teams are in the 500 range or you know hovering below that. So the the RPI of the conference is not going to help anybody get into an at-large bid. Uh, that being said, uh, you can watch the games. Most of them are on ESPN three. Um, if you are a big MAC basketball fan, um, I you know I'll wait until the MAC tournament. But even like going into the MAC tournament, <clears throat> I, you can pick a favorite, but it, you know, I, I don't know if it matters because they could lose, they could have get beat by a three-pointer in the first game and, and they're done. So if Ohio was the favorite going into the MAC tournament and let's say Ball State hit a three at the buzzer, Ohio season ends and they won 24 games <clears throat> in their season. Or they might go to the NIT um, if they win the conference, but if they don't, then they wouldn't even be guaranteed an NIT berth. So it's tough being a Mac basketball fan because none of these games mean very much until you get to the first week of March. Uh, sadly, that's you know where the Mac is in the basketball world. It's a one-bid league, and you get one team in, and the winner of your conference tournament gets that spot. So uh, if there's any updates on coaching things or coaching situations or... Um, transfer, big transfer news, I will definitely come on. And as I can get uh, interviews um, over the off season, we will get them up as soon as people commit to doing them. As soon as the NFL season is over too, there'll be more opportunities of people I've talked to who are still currently on rosters. So enjoy. Uh, we got one more game, one more football game uh, Monday, uh, Georgia versus Alabama. Probably no shock because if you watch the college football playoff, they both dominated the teams they played, um, Cincinnati and Michigan. So Georgia-Alabama is Monday night. Um, it's going to be a good game. Two best teams from the SEC, no shock. Um, 
enjoy the game and enjoy your off season. And I will see you hopefully soon with a new edition of Maction, hopefully starting with the interviews coming up. Enjoy your uh, bowl season, everybody, and enjoy the Monday night game. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.